my mom tells this story about me being like three years old. Okay. And we're at like a dinner party or someplace, right? And I'm talking to somebody I don't know. And they're, oh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like a stand-up comic. <laughs> and she was like, I didn't even know you knew what that was. You were three. That voice? It's Reina Amaya. Reina's worked as a voiceover artist with Rogue Mark for a few videos now. And she's been an absolute blessing to our process. Often the most challenging piece of a video project is finding the right voice. People go off script, read too quickly or too slowly, and sometimes have strange emphasis. But not Reina. You give her a script and boom, she delivers with the appropriate tone and pacing. She's a real pro. In addition to her voiceover work with Roguemark, Reina's a stand-up comedian. I can't be friends with the girl who won't pee in the street. Let me be clear, let me back up. Voiceover artist. So come in today for fresh strawberries and blueberries, just 99 cents a pound. Writer and actress. Uh, you remember the last little fiesta we threw? Yeah, y'all tried to hotbox the bouncy castle and almost burnt the house down. Yeah, a real Renaissance woman. Reina's creative journey was far from straightforward. Like many of us here at Roguemark, her path has had plenty of strange twists and turns. In our conversation, we explore what it means to lean into unconventional paths and to chase our opportunities, distant as they may seem. I thought I was going to be an audio engineer. I thought that was what I, that's what I went to school for. That's what I majored in. I was going to be, you know, behind the scenes working on movies and radio and stuff. And then I interned at this studio like in my senior year here in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. It was in San Francisco called Crescendo Studios. Okay. Awesome. And I was sitting in on this session and a voiceover artist came in and she was the speed read from Mervyn's. Okay. So she would do those super fast reads, you know? And I was like, whoa, what is this? And they were like clocking her and I was like, this is amazing. And they were like, yeah, she's a voiceover artist. I was like, oh, that's that's what I'm going to do. That's Holy the thing. Uh, so yeah, I thought I was going to be totally behind the scenes. And then I just, you know... I saw that artist life, the other side of the microphone. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. And I, uh, I started to pursue that. Yeah. What did moving forward from that look like? So after that internship, um, I finished up school. Mm -hmm. And then when I got out of school, I started to do some research about voiceover work mm -hmm. and how to get into voiceover work. And I found this woman who ended up being my mentor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she was out of San Francisco, and she had been the voice for Albertsons for like 30 years. Holy smokes. Yeah, Susan McCollum. Amazing. <laughs> and she took me under her wing, and what was interesting is right when I started working with her, not just to complete um, some of her courses, which I did, and then I also you know, created my reel with her. Um, she got me into my first, you know, connected with my first agency mm -hmm. in San Francisco and all of that, but she also got me my first real like adult job and it was working at this studio that basically trafficked commercials. So it's where all of the, this is so old school now I'm realizing like this doesn't even exist like this anymore. Like they're faxing in like rotation schedules uh -huh. for commercials. And then you have to get those out to the different stations all over the nation. And so that's what I did as I sent out the commercial rotation schedules through emails and through fax, if people even remember what a fax is. Wow. So like that, um, but it allowed me to have steady work mm -hmm. while I was also training under her and, and perfecting, you know, this craft. And then when I had auditions, I could record it there mm -hmm. at work because we had all the, all equipment. the equipment. 
what a what is your favorite thing or some of your favorite aspects of voiceover work? Um, the first one is privacy. Yeah. How do <laughs> yes. you mean? Well, I think that I think that one of the things people don't consider about what's difficult to be an artist is that you just want to do your art. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you want to do your art without all of the other things that come with it, like what she was wearing, what her hair looked like, you know what I mean? Just there was something in her teeth. I mean, all these other judgment sort of spaces that come that are like, but wait a minute, but what about the art? Like, did you mm-hmm. like the art? And so the privacy with the voiceover, it allows you, the only thing you can judge is the art. Mm-hmm. And I love that piece of it. It's, 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 there's a freedom in yeah. it. How did you come into comedy? What was your comedic coming of age? Right. Um, that's a good question. In L.A., um, I started hanging out with a woman who was a writer. Okay. And she wanted to test her, you know, her writing out. And so she would go to open mics and, you know, do comedy. And, you know, every comic has that moment where they're sitting there and they go, oh, my God, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do this. I mean, it was the same with the voice. I was like, I could do this, I think. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it. And it was so fun and so different than anything else I had ever done up until that point artistically. How is it different? Um, I would say one, there's, there's so much ownership over stand-up for, for the artist. I, I'm writing the joke. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the joke. The joke, you know, I'm formulating the joke out of like what's happening to me in my life or in this, you know, my own perspective of something. And then I'm performing it. And then mm-hmm. I'm perfecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of comics, you know, we record our performances, even if it's an open mic, even if it's just audio recording. Mm-hmm. So that you can go back and, you know, you can't necessarily see yourself when mm-hmm. you're on stage. And so you say, oh, my God, like I'm holding my hand and that was super awkward. Or like, no, I have to deliver it this way. Or, oh, they laugh more when I let that joke breathe a bit. And then I go for the other punch. Like, Mm -hmm. so you have to study yourself Mm -hmm. um, in that kind of way. And that's different than with voiceover. You have to know what you need to do, but someone else is listening and can help you kind of perfect the things. With stand-up, you are naked up there, and you better make it work. Okay. <laughs> like, you have one shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, did that affect the way that you moved through your daily life and just mining for material? Or how? what is that balance between, like, living or, like, being in the moment as well as this, yeah, kind of narrator of, like, oh, that that would be a good joke? And was there ever tension between that? Yeah, um, I think that's actually, it's interesting that you say that it's, it's, um, it is a difficult balance. I don't think that when you become a stand-up comic, you, you kind of, you stop being a normal person. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I could think of is probably how a reporter lives their life. Mm. Yes, you're with your family. Yes, you're doing whatever the normal thing is. Yes, you're walking down the street. But when you see a story, you have to stop and write it. Yeah. And so it's sometimes it's super awkward. I've been in like relationships where I've been in arguments and someone says something I'm like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. That's exactly what it's like. Wait, hold on. And they're like, I'm sorry. I have feelings. I'm like, but this is a joke and I yeah. have to write this down. And so there is a there is a weird way that you participate in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always right. It really is not. 
I, I feel that though as a writer, it's always kind of this like, am I the narrator of my own story? Or am I the protagonist of my own story? Exactly. And that gets a little funky and certainly has gotten funky in, in like interpersonal relationships, but has made the world richer place, I think, in my mind. Right. My mind is just teeming with other, other stories, which is really interesting. <laughs> it is. What was the first acting gig like and what was that gig? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I remember I got involved in this, like, I don't even know what you call this. It's almost like a variety show, Okay, I guess. Um, and it was for this Bounce TV network. It was like... Um, it was like you would do talking head segments. Okay. Yeah. That was one piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. So you do like talking head segments. Then the other piece, you're like doing these act outs. And so it's like, you know, I'm like some random lady like with a dog and my dog is like, you know, at a dog park and I'm talking to someone else. You know what I mean? And they like, it's like a whole scene. Mm -hmm. um, and this was all done at like a studio. And so it was like, it was very cool because it was like random enough that it was just like, oh, okay, now we're doing this. It was like a joke. You can have a joke that lasts for five minutes. Mm -hmm. So you're in that joke. And now you're just switching to this other character who's now in this other piece. So that was, um, that was challenging. And one of the cool pieces is they had me play Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they played me play Oprah, and um, I was doing the whole, like, you've got a car, and you, you know what I mean? And, like, it was just, like, this is interesting to imitate real people, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, again, all these elements that um, I felt, like, you know, related to the, the stand-up, mm -hmm. but were acting. When imitating real people, is there ever a line that you feel like you can't cross? So... I, First of all, I think that this is a personal artistic choice. Mm -hmm. I think there are plenty of comics, artists, actors who part of their whole shtick is to push mm -hmm. those lines. I'm personally not one of those people. Um, even in stand-up, I don't want anyone to come to a show that I did and feel like, oh, she really got on me. You know what I mean? Like ragging on somebody. like Because mm -hmm. I, I don't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. I would rather self-deprecate than make someone else feel bad. Um, as far as imitating other folks, I think there is a line that you can cross for me because I think that there's enough funny nuances about us as humans. Mm -hmm. We're animals. Yeah. You know, it's still funny when someone trips. You know what I mean? As long as they don't hurt themselves, that's funny. Like, <laughs> it's funny when someone farts in a situation where that you're not supposed to. Like, there's just certain animal stuff about us that you can, like, use that's funny enough without having to, like, really jab at things we can't help. Mm -hmm. about ourselves um, so I think and I just grew up in the Bay and I'm all like you know super conscious of not being like you know what I mean offensive yeah. so I think there's that in it too because I think you can have a lot of fun not being offensive yeah totally oh gosh humans are such interesting creatures yeah yeah I also think it's a pretty large exercise in empathy to try to understand someone and to actually observe and see them yeah 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 um what have been some of your favorite projects you've worked on across the spheres? Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like there is a lot of work that like I've been able to do that actually has a message to it. There's a project actually that I did in Los Angeles that was all focused on childhood obesity. Mm -hmm. and some of the issues surrounding childhood obesity, but also, like, some of the preventative measures, and it was this whole, like, campaign. And um, 
that was one of those jobs where like where I was actually recording it, they were doing like, you know, they were doing this work and they had like some of the kids and programs that they were working on. And so it, you got to kind of connect with the project outside of the booth, mm -hmm. um, which I think when I've gotten to do things like that, that's been like amazing to see the impact kind of further, you know, on with it. Um, beyond just the voiceover work, um, I've also, I've been involved in this project called the North Pole yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and we just finished filming our second season, so, which will be out soon. And um, that's another one of those, like, total feel-good projects. Um, I'm acting in the piece. I do yeah. some voiceover and stuff in the piece, too, but um, I'm one of the main um, actors in it. And with this project, um, this project is really combining, like, social justice it's combining climate justice. Um, and also it's a story that takes place in North Oakland. Like mm -hmm. it takes place, you know, in Oakland where, I, you know, my home. So to be able to tell a story that's close to you as an artist is like amazing. So yeah, that project I think right now too is one that is, um, I'm really, really proud about. Well, I think, I think probably at about time, but I just wanted to know if there's anything else you'd like to share. And yeah, anything else you'd like to share? Um, I, gosh, I feel like I'm going to end on like a hokey, hokey thing, but oh. I just, I think about the different times where I've caught a podcast, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and happened to hear someone who, you know, was maybe doing something that I wanted to do, but had never really like, you know, done it. And I just want to encourage whoever that person is that's out there, like, to do it. Whatever that thing is, that art thing that seems so off, and how would I even get involved? You know, it's like everything can start with a Google search, you know? And um, and really with some, some want and some dream and desire. So I would just encourage folks, no matter where you are, like, go out there and just, like, try that thing that you want to, you know, stretch yourself to do. Because awesome. you might surprise yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, life full of surprises. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much, Reina. I yeah. really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This episode was produced by Rogue Mark Studios. Bethany Kaler is the writer. Grace Ledger is the editor. Thanks to Reina Amaya for the interview. Clips from the top of the show are from Reina Amaya's commercial voiceover reel, her stand-up comedy sets, and the award-winning web series, The North Pole. Seriously, go check it out. Special thanks to James Boblack of Artspoke Recording Studios. Music by the internet. As in, the actual internet, not the band. And remember, everything can start with a Google search. Thanks for listening, and tune back in. To hear more from Rogue Mark Studios podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. <laughs>